welcome to Addiction Makes 3, the podcast hosted by me, Amanda Lockyer. And today we are continuing the conversation of what addiction looks like from the other side. And that is the impact on families and spouses. We are leading with kindness. Here we are. What about us? Another little dive into the archives. In January 2020, in the early days of Addiction Makes 3, I wrote a post and it was hashtag what about us. And at that time, I just felt so forgotten. It came about as I was deep in my podcast era and we will dig into that further another time, I was turning to podcasts that centered around addiction. But specifically at that time, I was listening to podcasts that focused on those that have or were struggling in addiction themselves. And often in these podcasts, there would be tales of all the chaos, the mayhem, the catastrophes, the troubling times, when the person was in the thick of it, right? And sometimes in these podcasts, they would have a chuckle, a laugh with the host, remembering the times that have been. And I would be sitting there listening, my little AirPods in, and my heart would be breaking for the family, wondering what the wife or the husband went through the devastation that this person's mother has experienced. And my heart just broke. Whenever I heard the story of someone who is or was struggling with addiction or they were reflecting on their time in active addiction, I would always think immediately of the loved ones. I would think of an entire family unit and support crew that have also lived through that addiction, but from the other side. The families that have literally walked through hell, the people in the shadows, the ones suffering, struggling, and hurting themselves, right? Usually in silence. And I would just be there wondering, Who is thinking of the loved ones? Who is supporting them? You know, what about us? And the families have lived through some of their darkest days in this, through crisis, through tragedy, and often through trauma. They have felt alone, isolated, ashamed, scared, and confused. And I would often wonder, what is their recovery journey? Who is supporting them? And here's the truth. We as the families and spouses are so consumed with our lovely people, right? We are so consumed. They are our every waking thought. And of course, and all we want desperately is for them to get support, to get well in themselves, to be good, to live their great lives, right? That is all we want, truly all we want. So 
we completely, and I do mean completely, lose sight of ourselves. So it's really no wonder that others do as well. Lose sight of us, the spouses and families on the other side of addiction. And I think I had my first glimpse of personal reflection here when my loved one went to rehab for the first time. Now, I'm not getting into rehabs here in this episode. There is 100% more on that to come another day. But here is the highlight reel of that rehab experience in the context of my first glimpse into the personal reflection of what about us, what about me. Let's just be real here for a sec. No one is going off to rehab when things are just moderately shit or they're a bit not great, right? People are typically off to rehab when things are absolutely dire. Things are really bad. Times are bad. Not great stuff is happening. It is what you could only describe as a dumpster fire. So that is the context. And, you know, as the partners and families, we are also right there alongside that, living in it, right? For me, and I am always just speaking to my own experience here, it was the most bizarre time in my life, one of, (laughs) one of, and you look back and think, oh gosh, that was a time. But up until that point where my loved one went to rehab, for at least a year, if not longer, there was talk about it right? So there was the hope that yay. And keeping in mind, this is when I thought rehab was a silver bullet and it was the thing that was going to help. A year of talking about it, thinking about it, thinking about making a phone call and then not, and then the disappointment and the whole, I can do it by myself. I don't have time for rehab, etc., etc. Life just got more chaotic. It got crazy and keeping in mind also we're in silence here we're in isolation we are in shame so we are not getting support for ourselves we do not have our village around us saying we've got you and go listen to my last episode where's my lasagna there's no lasagna life is crazy you're on your knees and it is crisis to crisis you're putting out fires and all the rest of it off to rehab we go And I will remember this day for all of my days because it was so strange. (laughs) And yes, here I am having a laugh, but it was so strange. It was, my heart was in my throat for the morning, the night before, because there's the, are they actually going to go? And I will get into that another day. Heart and throat. And it was the most surreal day the morning, I get dressed for work. My loved one had packed his bag. I'm driving because of obvious reasons. And we drop our two small people off at daycare, just like any other day. And 
you know, we wear the mask well, so trying to keep it all good. Drop the kids at daycare, amazing. And then we're driving to the city and that is where rehab is. And just bizarrely, where my loved one went to rehab was literally like 300, 400 meters from where I work. We parked the car, walked up to rehab, the hospital there and he walked in and it was just crazy so great admitted and you know your heart is in your throat are they going to go through with it are they going to stay it's just nerve-wracking and yes he did stay I got in the lift to go back downstairs and walk off to work with my bag and I just remember standing outside the hospital there thinking what the hell is going on here how is this my life walking to work getting my coffee sitting at my desk morning hellos to my colleagues and then going about my corporate accounting work just twilight zone stuff right then down looking down the barrel of some time parenting alone when you know let's be real you're kind of doing that anyway but this was like a hundred percent alone and going back to no lasagna for you if you're still in isolation and secrecy and shame then no one knows. No one knows that your loved one is away for a bit doing the rehab thing and you're there by yourself doing the parent thing and the life thing, right? Nobody knows. I will say that I shared about my lovely supportive family in the first episode and introductions. I only told my family the night before, right? Because in to get completely honest, it was only because I really couldn't hold up the facade of someone being disappeared for three, four weeks, whatever it was. And I knew I needed help. I knew I could not do this alone with working and parenting and all the things. There is this bizarre thing that happens when all you want, you, all you want, the destination that you want your loved one to arrive at is they go to rehab. That is all you want. And then they go. And then there's a thing that follows that maybe you have experienced or maybe not, and you possibly weren't anticipating it, resentment. You resent them for being in rehab, getting all their meals made, having nice workshops and ways to take care of themselves, having a full night's sleep, which if you've got little people is a dream you know, and internet and depending on the situation. And this particular rehab that my loved one went to after the initial kind of detox, they were allowed out. (laughs) And I don't mean like it's jail, so they shouldn't be allowed out. And they had to um, do testing when they came back in. So they weren't obviously out and about doing their things. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? Here I am at work 
and I'm rushing from A to B, getting my kids daycare, coming to work, doing the nighttime routine, all the things. I've got teething kids, waking up in the night, and there you are getting your three meals a day, snacks, yoga, all the workshops, and then just going out and about shopping and whatever it was. And I was just like, what the hell is going on here? I would like that. I would like to be somewhere for a month and have a rest. And, you know, I want my rehab. And this is the thing. What about us? And this is the catch 22, the rock and a hard place that we find ourselves in when we don't tell people what is going on, that no one knows. And this is the same thing when I spoke in the last episode about the lasagna, the proverbial lasagna. Where is my baked dish arriving on my front doorstep? So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen. You need to tell people what is going on for people to know what is going on. And that is hard. And also reflecting back at that particular time. At the time, I didn't even know I needed support. I was on autopilot, living just chaos, surviving, right? Because at the time, it was all on my shoulders. And I put it there. So jumping from one fire to the next and just basically trying to keep my head above water. This and this is what we're going to get into further down the track when we speak more about rehabs. This particular rehab I found out last minute had a two or three hour morning for the families to come along. And I found out about this very last minute. So I had to make my apologies at work. And I was like, yes, I am here. I want to have, give me some tools. How can I help? I want to know how I can help. Amazing. A family morning. That sounds perfect. It was, you know, a couple of hours. And some of the time the family members were in a room just with the family members. And then another time, part of the morning, then the people that were in treatment came and we all kind of hung out together and we went through some stuff together and heartbreaking, right? That was my first real introduction to other people in this situation and hearing their stories, hearing their devastation and, you know, what has been happening in their life. So the morning was genuinely not too bad. So much improvement potential, but it Generally, not too bad. A lot of education around addiction and what happens when people are withdrawing and kind of trying to help us understand their side, which was great because if you haven't experienced this, obviously you don't really know. So that was great. And when they got to the part of, and what should you do if your loved one lapses or relapses? And this is not great news for someone who is thinking rehab is a silver bullet. And I'm thinking, what? Why would we need to plan for that? They've come to rehab. Surely this is the magic you do here. So just goes to show how misinformed I was and I guess naive in that sense all those years ago. So however, okay, fine. Let's talk about laps and relapse. I want to be prepared. I like it. That's right up my street. And then they said, if your loved one lapses, relapses, and they said, respond with compassion. 
And if you can imagine me, I'm taking notes because I'm a note taker and I wrote down, respond with compassion. And in my mind, I am like boiling. I am so enraged. And in my mind, I'm thinking, how do I do that? Tell me how. And this is the shortfall, right? So how? How do you respond with compassion? And I just wanted to quite literally scream. And I thought, I am maxed out. I do not have the tools to respond compassionately. I'm at my limit. I have been on my knees with this for years, you know. Tell me how I respond with compassion. But anyway, I wrote it down, respond with compassion. Unfortunately, there was a lapse not long after rehab and I dug so deep, so, so deep into my compassionate heart and I climbed right on in there and I responded with compassion. I stayed calm. This is not a catastrophe. This is not the worst case scenario and talked myself down from all of that thinking. And at that time, it didn't positively impact what the other person did. But in all honesty, it helped me feel better. So even though I didn't realize it at the time because, you know, putting out all the fires, when I reflect back on that time, it helped me feel better. Because when I had responded previously with the crazy and all of the things that weren't helpful or healthy, I didn't feel good. Not only did it not help the situation, I didn't feel good. So even though when I had responded in this time with compassion, it didn't help the behavior from the other person, but I felt better. And then there's this other thing that happens. And it is great. And it is also completely infuriating. And again, like the rehab or the yes, I'm ready for change. We have wanted for this day to come for so long. And that is the day when your loved one tells people that they are struggling with something hard or they're getting support or they're trying to cut back or whatever it is. We are just rejoice, rejoice and dance, right? And then what happens is this. People are asking you all the time how your loved one is doing. And we want that. And it's amazing. And we want the village. We want the Calvary of support and cheering on. We want that. It is here. Amazing, right? This is, again, all we have wanted is to have people around us, to have people, have our village, have them wrap their arms around us. And then here's the thing, no one or very few people are asking you how you are doing. And honestly, back then, at that particular time of the rehab, when someone did ask me how I was getting on, you know, people who knew what was going on, I could have cried. I was so touched and it was so rare. And people who asked me, how was I doing? How was I getting on? And that, my friends, is how you know who your people are. They are your A-team. 
They were my people. And I also completely get it. If you haven't lived through this, you don't know how truly awful it is. You cannot imagine because the reality of addiction and what it does is completely unimaginable. I wouldn't have known, nor could I have imagined the horrors of what addiction looks like. So I get it. But also, what about us? If you haven't listened to my previous episode, head back there and have a listen as it is a great place to start to how we got here to Addiction Mix 3 and even rewind to my last episode about the lasagna. Where is it? As a way to feel more supported and to get the right people around you. Here is a way to think about it. Your loved one needs their own support circle and you need one too. Your own circle. People who are exclusively yours. They are team you. They are around you that are there for you. You, as the family member or partner, deserve and in fact need your own support circle. You need your A-team, okay? Support is available and you do not have to do this alone. To the family and friends in the shadows, I see you. And to the lovely people that are either struggling with addiction or are in recovery, I sincerely hope that you have the capacity to see that your support crew that has unreservedly supported you needs support too. And that maybe you could do for them what they have done for you and encourage them to do that very thing. Thank you for joining me here at Addiction Mixery, the podcast. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you have found this to be helpful or insightful, I would sincerely appreciate if you could rate and review the podcast as it truly helps others find it. If you'd like to get in touch with me with thoughts, feedback, or queries, you can send me an email. And if you would like to know more about working with me, details can be found in the show notes. Thanks for staying kind and I'll speak to you soon.